Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wrestle me, Pete. Wrestle this. I mean, oh, by which I mean wrestle God. me. Sorry, I, I got priapic with excitement there. Jesus Christ, that Jesus. was exciting. I was thinking of it the other day. Is wrestle me the title we should have chosen? I know this is <laughs> so this aggressive, is isn't it? Not the time now. To, <laughs> it's a little to bit long in the tooth. It's a bit long in the tooth. Right? Why? I was thinking. Does it sort of have a a sort of weird homoerotic overtone wrestle that me. might be putting off like mass appeal? Yeah, but what is it? Who's it going to put off? Homophobes. Hey, we want look, we want them gone. I, well, not if they're going to chip in on the Patreon that we've just started. <laughs> Imagine being a wrestling fan and a homophobe. <laughs> fucking hell. What fucking mental gymnastics would you have to pile through to fucking enjoy that? I'll tell you what I don't like. I don't like when we come out in the skinny little trunks. <laughs> <laughs> I like MVP. <laughs> proper clothes. The, I'm a friend of man. In fact, the only wrestler I like is MVP. <laughs> I suppose, uh, I suppose in, back in the day, you, you could have been a homophobe. And a wrestling fan. Yeah, it was very macho, wasn't it? But most of the physiques were just uh, looked like a fat dad, didn't it? Because like mm. everyone was like, you know, strong men were just men who weren't more than anyone else. Mm. They didn't particularly work out, or if they did, they'd just pick up atlas stones. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't that's pick up, true. They wouldn't, and smash medicine balls off their. That thing bellies. about when weight training was just eating a lot of bread and sausages. <laughs> yeah. I have uh, seventeen sardines for breakfast. <laughs> yeah. uh, a lot of uh, lot of eggs. Feel, uh, Fifteen feel, eggs. Feel how stiff my neck is. Feel how, <laughs> you know, yeah. you, honestly. Punch me, punch me in the throat. It's, it's not a physically attractive uh, kind of physique, is it? It's the sort of thing, it, it goes on, it go, it, it, you can get caught, it just makes you big and you yeah. can absorb more mind dust. <laughs> That's the only use for it, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think about King Kong Bundy, it'd be weird because he'd hang out with the wrestlers and I wonder if he was actually quite weak and weedy because yeah. he was just a big fat egg. <laughs> and there is I that thing if you'd one. see him you sort of go, hey, Chris, come and give us a hand with a ring, and just sort of going, no, I'm not, I'm not one of the strong ones. No, well, look at Yokozuna. I also think when when all of them are working out, he's just fucking eating. <laughs> what a great fucking gimmick! But you're a big fat mess. Love it. It's like Million Dollar Man getting that getting that money uh, money yeah. gimmick and just having getting given a per diem. That's yeah, ridiculous you've, got, you've got to make it look real. Yeah. yeah, giving him a little rolled up banknote every day. <laughs> Enjoyment. Amazing. A lot of the wrestlers had a roll up banknote. <laughs> <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's true. Let's make that very clear. That's true. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, Russell Mark Russell 
me, Pete. We are in the middle of uh, WrestleMania 26. We have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash WrestleMe. Go over there now. Uh, there are more episodes uh, from our look at WCW. I forget the name of the show. Capital Combat 90. Capital Combat 90. There's all kinds of uh, silliness going on over there. You get access uh, to uh, an extra show per week. You get ad-free WrestleMe's. And you can listen to the final episode of this show in the series. So get over there, patreon.com forward slash WrestleMe. Uh, and you've also got a cracking monthly newsletter from one Mark Haynes. Now, Mark writes beautifully on any subject, uh, but his great love is wrestling, so it's worth the uh, admission fee itself. Yeah, so basically, what it's going to be is it's going to be the thing that I've always wanted in my life, which is someone who is as into wrestling as I am <laughs> to tell me what I should look at and see. Yes. Uh, a couple of things I've seen recently that I got really obsessed with, and again, I have no one to tell, mm. is things like they're doing little uh, David Starr, the independent wrestler, who is... Honestly, we are, I'd like to talk to David Starr only because what's happened to him recently is fascinating. Right. He's basically been blacklisted by the WWE. Right. And they've begun talking to their affiliated partners and saying, we don't well, want you to use David Starr anymore. And right. it's been that blatant. He's yeah. had to sort of come out and actually say, I, you know, and now in this point. And the reason is he's attempting to start a union. Yes. What could be more frightening <laughs> if you're evil than someone <laughs> trying to get decent rights for mm. the people you employ? Um, Has he but- thought about working for Sports Direct? <laughs> The the thing that he's got is that you can buy a little like soft plushy David Starr. Right. And I looked at that and I thought, I just really want it bad. Yeah. But I, I have to have that thing of going, I want you the people that are listening to this, to also know about it. <laughs> yes. Share in my sickness. In an odd way, I feel if three people do buy it as a result of hearing this, mm. I don't need to buy it in some way. Yeah. I- Netflix are about to release a big show sitcom. Oh, yes, they are. It looks... <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> he should be good at acting. Yeah. But he's not good at acting. No. And also, imagine trying to frame... A man, <laughs> imagine, as a director, trying to frame... Uh, do you know what's funny? It's about him interacting with kids as well, isn't it? I know! So you can never get the right shot. No, it never. just looks... Look, I, look, Arnold Schwarzenegger wasn't that tall. He could do Kindergarten Cop, that kind of works. He's big, it works. It hey, works, it works. show, absolutely lovely take, fantastic. But I swear to God, you have got to stay in your trench. You've got, <laughs> you've got to, to stand. Just this big floating you've head. Got to be, you've got to be at least 10 feet away from the camera at any one time <laughs> to look like a normal human being. Oh, it is. I, I don't think it's going to win anyone who's not into wrestling over. No. I think it will be regarded as uh, at best Drek, at worst, positively damaging to this business. Uh, but we'll see. Yes. Hey, look, we'll see. I love it. There's lots of stuff actually on uh, Prime and Netflix mm. which is worth looking at. Um, so so Prime has quite a lot of wrestling. They have things like Chikara, which is m- really mad Japanese influenced independent wrestling for America right um, a lot of like wrestlers called Fire Ant 1 and Fire Ant 2 right. it's sort of brilliant and mad and it's got a big overarching theme um, it's fantastic there's a great story about how Chikara went under and people began reading into lots of stuff they put pitch to work out a storyline that actually didn't seem to be happening. <laughs> it was just people overthinking it. But they've got things like PCW, which can be an okay watch and right. you know, things like that. But they have a lot of movies 
that have wrestlers in them. Yes. So there's a Will Ospreay one, which is called uh, something like London Reloaded, a, a, like a low-budget gangster movie with mm. Will, Will Ospreay. Ospreay. Now, all of these are going to be worth seeing. Again, uh, that's the sort of thing I'm going to put in the newsletter. It's yeah. the crap that you didn't know you are interested in. But look, you didn't think you'd ever be listening to a wrestling podcast. So, you know, <laughs> things change. You've got to roll with it. Yeah. Right, talking of things changing, uh, we've got our next match, which is Triple H versus Sheamus. Mm. Um, this was an attempt to try and elevate some new talent uh, into a very, very stale scene uh, as it was going on at the minute. Um, Seamus, the, the WWE did something really clever here, which is they invented a new way of spelling Seamus, which was to spell it... <laughs> Halfway between the two. Yeah, yeah. But, it, but it does spell it so you can pronounce it. Seamus. Now, I don't, yeah. I don't want to be horrible, but I do, whenever I see it, I know it's Seamus. Yeah. But I, will, I would say nine times out of ten... I will go, so Seamus has Seamus, Seamus. <laughs> it's like Siobhan. I spend a lot of time going Siobhan. Aoife. <laughs> yeah. What the hell are you doing there? Aoife. Absolutely. Aoife. Or I... A-O-I-F-E. A-O-I-F-E. What? Yeah. Come on. I know. Come on. I think it's a, I think it's like a code word. It's a okay. test. They don't want you to pretend that you're Irish. That is fine. Yeah. Guys, that's fine. WWE found a really clever way around it, which was putting an H in. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I think it's like um, there was that famous thing that, you know, um, license revoked the uh, James Bond um, uh, movie. Right. Uh, it changed its name, I think, to License to Kill because when they tested it in America, and this sounds apocryphal, revoked. N- nobody knew what revoked meant. Right. So they were like, oh, so we'll call it License to Kill. Yes. Um, and, oh, bollocks. Too slow. Too slow again. Mm. Should we just take off that? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds okay. good. So there was always this, this, this sense of them, they had to change the title because there was a, a, a sense that the Americans were stupid. Right, okay. I don't, think it was, I don't think it was actually fair. I think it was probably all bullshit. But mm. what they did here with Seamus was absolutely a work of genius. Really, really <laughs> smart. And I, and I salute them for it. Um, Seamus was born in 1978. Again, that's uh, uh, annoyingly young. Uh, com- <laughs> compared it's only going to get worse for you, Mark. It is. As the years go by, it's a bit of a nightmare. But when you see them from a decade ago and you go, God, He's younger than I am. You know, that is madness. Yeah, try but- being a fucking soccer fan. Right? <laughs> I'm 38. Um, Seamus's real name is Stephen Farrelly. Mm. He worked as an IT technician and a, a security for a nightclub. Um, he then got to work occasionally as a bodyguard for Bono and Larry Mullen Jr. of U2, okay. as well as Denise Van Outen. Oh, nice. I didn't know Denise needed security, oh. but um, she got Stephen Farrelly. Yeah. Um, he uh, was... He a big fan of British wrestling when he was younger, World of Sport, and he watched Sky One WWF. Mm. And so I think he, he either wrote to or met Bret Hart and said, how do I become a wrestler? And yeah. Bret Hart said, well, there's a, a company called Larry Sharp's Monster Factory. They train wrestlers in the States. Right. And so he set out to join that school in 2002. And six weeks later, he debuted uh, as a character that he'd come up with called Seamus O'Shaughnessy. And Seamus O'Shaughnessy spells out SOS. And as time went on, he sort of began bringing that sort of elements of Celtic mythology. Mm. You know, he had the, the cross and things. And, you know, um, he returned to Ireland where he joined Irish Whip Wrestling, one of the small places that's, that popped up in the British and European um, wrestling boom of the early 2000s. And he had a long feud with a guy called Drew Galloway, who is now Drew McIntyre. Right. And the two of them went all round the British Isles and Ireland, uh, fighting almost continuously. Someone who, who knew him at the time said that Seamus was uh, the most professional 
professional wrestler. Uh, he had an agent. He was really polite. He was very diplomatic. He dressed smartly. He was punctual. So he just sort of seemed to be a new breed uh, of British wrestler. I think one who always had his eye very firmly on, on America. Yeah. Um, in 2006, after a series of tryout matches in Europe, he got offered a developmental contract by WWE. And he spent a few years in Florida Championship Wrestling, which was their very first sort of uh, NXT sort of, you know, get them ready and train them up mm. d- uh, territory. There's a good documentary has just hit the network about FCW, uh, which is fascinating. The number of big stars who came through there is absolutely astonishing. Um, in 2009, they moved him to... To ECW and he was pushed in matches against Goldust and Shelton Benjamin and he got over very quickly right. they, they, he had fire and passion and he looked very different from everyone else one of the things they did when they moved him to Florida was they said we don't want you to get tanned yeah. we want you to keep out of the sun as best you can he so that you, so you're luminous different to any other wrestler I have seen yeah. he is so white skinned he's so light skinned amazing it's like milk yeah you know? it's crazy and he's it, with his sh- shock of, of copper hair as well mm. it really is a good visual image well he's got to work hard because wrestlers are tanned because uh, muscle definition uh, it helps with, yeah. with, with, with your physique if, if, you're, if you're tanned um, so he has to work twice as hard because he's so milky absolutely and you just look you look healthier and you look you know the epitome of that sort of Charles Atlas mm. bronzed God, yeah, and I, I, there's. I think Paige was the other one when they were sort of calling her the Glampire, right? And yeah, she yeah, was yeah. this sort of different Gothy anti. Kind of, yeah, yeah. yeah, they had a thing as well where they were all working in Florida and they're saying, "Please don't get a tan." Yeah, they are literally fighting, you know, <laughs> the sun every day, literally living like vampires, and yeah. constantly sunblock, you know, constantly hiding. Just a, a dedication to their craft. Mm. Within six months of debuting on ECW. Um, Sheamus has won the WWE title off John Cena. Jeez. It's an astonishingly quick uh, ascent Mm. up the card. They put a rocket behind him. Part of the reason was he became very friendly with Triple H. They liked to work out together. And Triple H was like, this guy works really hard. There's something about him I like. And they became friends. And as such, you know, Triple H really went to bat for him. So within six months of debuting on ECW, Cena... uh, has lost the belt to Sheamus. Sheamus is the first ever Irish world champion um, in WWE. Uh, He also, he got that major title. It it was 166 days after his debut in ECW. I believe that's not the record, but I mean, what a difference. (laughs) What a difference. What is that? Less than six months. Yeah. Just nuts. You're starting an ECW, six months on, oh, you're the champion of it all. Mm. Um, It was a really big attempt to make him into a, a star and... It largely worked. I mean, mm. he was always high people, up in the card. People didn't sort of do what they usually do when, when people get a push. They go, oh, gross. No, exactly. He was good. I mean, he was mm. he was also, at the time when he was doing it, he, he had a hard-hitting style mm. that was quite mesmerising, really. Mm. No one else was going in with that sort of smash mouth, stick their foot in your mouth, you know, just knock you about with an uppercut yeah. uh, style, which was great. Now, Triple H obviously does win, this WrestleMania. But I think it was that acknowledgement that they have where they go, this guy is is ready, but not just yet. Mm. And so what they want to do is they want to elevate him by having him give Triple H all he can handle and he still sort of loses. I think had he won, there's the sense of you might get the Roman Reigns thing. So yeah. they're pushing him like a rocket, but they're not going too fast too quickly. Mm. Sheamus has been a big star for a decade now, you know, and he's still two years younger than I am. <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's always been high up in the card. And it's just, it's a good example of how you can protect someone 
and you can create a big star if you want to. Yeah. And it's really odd watching this, that that's the one guy they decide to do in this entire period. Mm. Everyone else they just lose interest in. But Seamus, because he makes a Triple H, and not because... <laughs> That's really unfair to him. Mm, but it does help. It doesn't hurt him in any way. <laughs> you know, uh, Triple H obviously chooses the right person to be friends with. He's not going to become friends with someone who's shit. <laughs> so, I mean, that would just be awkward. Continually having to, like, like oh, he's ringing again, you know. Oh, you, uh, hey, been, mate. Oh, you've been busy, you're playing plan <laughs> yeah. uh, WrestleMania. Hey, mate, I just, I noticed I was in, like, like the Battle Royal. And I just <laughs> think that's a bit, you know, shit because, you know, I mean, we're such good, anyway. Doesn't matter. No, no. Get, you know, I bought you coffees. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were on holiday last year. It's just, yeah. just seems a bit. I don't know. I mean, it's not me saying it, but some people have said it's a bit of a cunt trick. That's all. I just think it's shit. Um, talking of a cunt trick, here we go. Uh, this is CM Punk versus Rey Mysterio, mm. and um, getting half the time that uh, Triple H and Shane. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, there is something about Rey Mysterio and WrestleMania. There's. It's almost like it's written in stone. You know that WrestleMania has to end with a feel-good moment. WrestleMania has to have moments that will live a lifetime yeah. and Rey Mysterio must not be given more than seven minutes. <laughs> it just, it's just bizarre. I had no idea Rey Mysterio was this much of a film guy <laughs> because <laughs> this part of his history, completely in the dark about why is he always dressed like a film? Yeah, he likes it at WrestleMania to come dressed as a big film Why from is that everybody year? letting him do it? Don't know. It, Don't they shouldn't know. be letting him do it. It looks shit. Especially when it's Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> Avatar has not weathered well. No! Man, do you know what? In 2000 oh, and, uh, 2009, when this takes place, um, he could have come <laughs> as many different things, right? Yeah, give us some films. Watchmen. Perfect. He could have oh, anything in that. Oh, the trench coat. I the know. The fucking mask. He's already wearing a mask. He's already wearing a fucking mask. Fucking hell. He's already wearing a mask. He could have come out in a Rorschach mask. Yes. That moved. Oh, oh Could you imagine? How good that would have what been. What are you doing, Ray? I mean, he could have come out as he could have come out as the comedian. That would have been hilarious. Yeah. You know, there's lots of things he could have done. Night <laughs> Owl. Pair of blue and come out with his knob out. <laughs> he could have done that. Uh, he could have. What other films? The Hangover was out. He could have come as uh, um, uh, the Beard Man with the Baby. Uh, Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or the um, Ken. Uh, what's his name? Ken Jong. Ken Jong. He's yeah, in yeah. that. Um, the Princess and the Frog, the Disney film. It's not right, remembered right, well, right, but right, right, right. Uh, that's got a, a little black girl and a frog. He could have chosen either of those. <laughs> okay. Well, please, um, please do the. Hannah Montana, the movie. Uh, and my personal one I'd like to have seen him, Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox. Nice. Coming out in tweeds. Yes. Yeah, with a yes, little fox yes, head yes. on. Um, I met Anderson, uh, I met Anderson, Wes, I met Wes Anderson right. once. I did not like him at all. Yeah, yeah. apparently um, Fiona Apple gave up cocaine after a night on it with uh, spending a night in, I think, a in the house or maybe a cinema with Quentin Tarantino. And uh, Anderson. Yeah, why can't we say his name? Tom We're S- really struggling. You know, Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson, yeah. sorry. I, I um, had to do a junket with him, and I met, um, it was for a film called The Darjeeling Express, and all of the actors were there as well. And right. someone had said to me, look, Adrian Brody is really, really difficult. You've got to be so careful with him. And we had a lovely time. Yeah. We talked about rap, because someone had told me he was really into rap. And I remember that interview. It was, yeah, it was we, we had a really good time, and then Jason Schwartzman was lovely, and we had mm. a really nice time, and I met Wes Anderson, and he was a little... Little crying, little whiny baby. And let me tell you, Pete, I detested him. <laughs> I can say that now his career is, what's he done? Isle of Dogs. Mate, two years of WrestleMe. Uh, sucks to be you, Wes. Oh, it wasn't Wes Anderson, it's Paul Anderson. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Fiona Apple quit cocaine after hang out with Paul Anderson, Tarantino. Uh, it was not Wes Anderson. Yeah. My one was Wes Anderson. Yes. Uh, and, and I did not like him. Do I need to bleep that? I don't really, because it kind of, yeah, it's fine. I've yeah. said that's incorrect. Yeah. Don't go running to your thing. I've just double checked it. All yeah. right. It wasn't Wes Anderson. Yeah, exactly. This is very much a retraction of what was a, an easy to make error that has been quickly remedied. Mm. I think you're still going to bleep a bit of it, aren't you? I don't even know who Paul Thomas Anderson is. What did he do? Magnolia. Uh, Boogie Nights. Yes. Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler. So CM Punk is... (laughs) (laughs) Very much not into hanging out with Fiona Apple at this time. No, very much. He is straight Straight edge. Straight edge. They give him a really uh, basic-ish sort of thing. They go, we want you to be uh, on this straight edge kick that you love so much. So... Yeah, pompous, (laughs) arrogant, holier-than-thou little shit. (laughs) And you will just be lecturing everyone mm. about, like, not taking drugs. Yeah. And what they hadn't really done is see this through, right? Mm. Because the problem is you have got CM Punk, who is straight edge, talking about the dangers in a business where so many men under 40 have died of drug abuse. Yes. And he is saying, stay clean, you know, integrity and sobriety for all. You have to skirt a very fine line it's, when you are shouting about difficult. popping pills. It is difficult, isn't it? <laughs> and you've got someone like, you know, Ray Mysterio, who's very close with Eddie. Guerrero, yep. who has died after you know a, a lifetime's worth of steroid mm. abuse that has enlarged his heart. Yep. He is uh, recreational drugs, and you've got to have Rey Mysterio going. No, in some way, I disagree with this <laughs> message because you, sir, are a prick. Um, I think what's brilliant about it is Punk. This is this is a good example of using a wrestler, you know, like Ted DiBiase Jr., yeah. where they just go, you're Ted DiBiase Jr., you're your father's son, and mm. you go, that's not enough. Yeah. That is not enough. Mm. With Punk, they've gone, you use your, oh, I don't take drugs thing. Mm. Why don't you do that? And Punk is so confident in this. Yeah. He comes down with a microphone in front of 70,000 people in one venue, <laughs> and he's just talking. He doesn't have any music. No. And he comes out, and he delivers it. That word perfect, yeah. time perfect, it makes sense. He may as well be doing the it's bingo. Wicked. <laughs> he Absolutely. just doesn't get so effortless. Effortless because it's an extension of who he is. Mm. And what you can see also in that is you can see anger from Punk. Mm. You can see he's getting frustrated. Yeah. He is so over, even as a bad guy, that they hate. He is properly good. <laughs> and you watch him in the ring, this match with Mysterio, he is brilliant. When mm. it comes to wrestling, again... There are things that you forget when you watch a lot of wrestling. And one of those things that you forget is how good CM Punk is. Mm. And you take it for granted, oh, yeah, he's better in the ring than his push would suggest. But, you know, he's got bad attitude behind the scenes. And, you know, I think he he does seem to be hard work. (laughs) Exhausting. Um, More exhausting than hard work, I'd say. You know, he's he's into a lot of things I'm not into. Not necessarily straight edge, but, I mean... The band Rancid. Exactly, (laughs) you know, and and trying to be an MMA fighter. And, I mean, you know, he's really into comics and it's just a bit too much, you know. I just... There's a lot of things about him that I go... I think if I did like know you, I'd go, I'll bury him. And I'd be like <laughs> I'd be like the WWE writing crew. I'd be like, Oh, he's so it's annoying. Just... <laughs> so annoying. I got I'm straight yeah, I know you're straight. You yeah, mention yeah. it every fucking two yeah. minutes. Yeah. In, in in my history, in my uh, personal experience, people who get the tattoos of the X's on the hands and this straight edge thing, <laughs> they're usually alcoholics by twenty five. Yes. Certainly was the case in Leicester. It's, I it's sort of spent like, a lot of my time in, in the punk rock clubs. Yeah, it's certainly a reminder of, of what you're not doing. 
I think, you know, if I had a thing on the back of my head, uh, hand that said scrambled eggs, yeah. and I was like, I will never eat scrambled <laughs> eggs, I would be glancing at my hand a lot of the time and going, oh, scrambled <laughs> eggs. Scrambled eggs. <laughs> and slightly. That CM Punk straight edge thing. You're looking at it going, yeah, don't drink, don't drink. Yeah. All that drink, all that drink. <laughs> Amazing. One hand tossed talad. Scrambled <laughs> eggs. <Nicole and> again. <laughs> How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. <laughs> you, were, you were quite, you loved the punk scene, didn't you? You were, you were big on your local punk Mate, scene. loved it. Loved it. That's what, why what, I've got so many shitty tattoos on my legs. What band were you, were you in a band? in a band when I will I've spoken about it a lot on the Football Ramble people want me to talk about it because A was so awesome no because B <laughs> they find it hilarious that I was in a punk band uh-huh. that did six gigs they, well, they kind of you were Scar new metal punk weren't you yeah it was like Scar punk was, we were awful but better than a lot of other bands <laughs> yeah. it, it doesn't take much I should think if you if you could pin CM Punk down and strip him I am fairly sure he'd have a one-eyed willy tattoo somewhere <laughs> on his body <laughs> <laughs> The one-eyed willy uh, logo that we made was the Danger Mouse. Uh, you know, it was like Danger Mouse, where there was a bomb in yeah. the oar, in one of the oars. I think we'd done that. It was, it was a beautifully uh, uh, realised logo, I thought. Man, I yeah. should imagine when you were doing that, I was I was probably, like, I had a job. Putting, a, putting, a pension, putting money away for a pension. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you were a stand-up. 
I know, I know, but <laughs> I, was a very, I, I was a very responsible one. Um, I saw it very much as a means to build up a nest egg. <laughs> so unlike all the stand-ups today. <laughs> um, so this, this, I mean, look, punk, punk really, really ran with this straight-edge society thing. Mm. Um, it was so much better than they thought it would be. But I think it also builds into, they wanted him to be like a David Koresh character, yeah. where he had a cult mm. and the... The reality is I think Punk is quite David Koreshi. Mm. He's one of those guys who is just very sure of what his own mind and beliefs are. And I think he probably has that thing of, if you don't feel that way, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. Yeah. Um, And that plays into why this is so good. Um, He brings out with him Luke Gallows, who we last saw as the strange character Festus, who when they rang the bell, he'd then switch on. Now, Luke Gallows will go on to become a founder member of the Bullet Club in Japan. So you're beginning to see him blossom into what he would later become. He's a big boy. He is a very big boy. Um, And he's with with uh, Serena, mm. uh, who is a, uh, a female wrestler called Serena Deeb, who um, never, never quite again had she been, uh, I think, working a few years later, she would have fitted into a rejuvenated sort of women's wrestling yeah. uh, organization. But, but at the this time, it was and all that bollocks. It was, yeah. And you know, you see that in this WrestleMania, how they can still be putting out that shit. You know, yeah. it's uh, it's astonishing. <clears throat> so. I mean, I mean, there's, again, another little bit of editing here. Mysterio comes out of the floor, but on the real thing, it was a long wait. Was it? Because his little bouncy pad that he was supposed to fly him up off, yeah. it broke. Did it? And so he actually had to crawl Love out of the floor. <laughs> and there was a very, very long pause. Love it. CM Punk just killing time in the ring. I undoubtedly thinking to himself, they've done this on purpose. The WWE. Yeah. I don't think this he trusts them at any point. No. I think it's absolutely. I was 100%. trying to screw him over. He would have looked at that and he would have thought, "Oh yeah, here we fucking go." Well, I remember. Yeah, mm. he, Punk is also really good. He seems real. You yeah. know, he does a kick on Rey Mysterio's side of the head, and it's goes. It really goes like that, mm. like hard, and mm. every, the audience go, "Oosh." Mm. Worth saying this WrestleMania. One of the real problems with it, it's an open air stadium one, but for some reason they've not got the miking of the crowd right. right. So a lot of the matches seem to take place in almost near silence. Yeah. Until you get to the end where you go, "Oh, actually, no, they they just haven't been really reacting." Mm. But the Punk one, they do react to quite a lot of the stuff. You know, he's doing great moves. He has that thing of he looks like he wants to win. Mm. It's a really basic thing in wrestling. You just have to look like you're trying to win the match. That's mm. the point of you being there. And I think there are a lot of matches on this WrestleMania where, again, it's people going through the things because they know they've got to get to the next bit to go to the end. You yeah. know? And it doesn't seem like they're actually having a physical well, contest. I mean, I imagine they're two, you know, they're two uh, wrestlers. I know Punk certainly you know, had, a, had a ring that him and his friends used to fucking tit about on. And like, he's mm. got a deep and meaningful connection with that discipline. So like, when people... You know, people who are those kind of like geeky sort of otaku, they're like comics, they're like uh, mm. wrestling. They see a little bit of themselves in punk and, and, and you know, a bit of an outsider totally. in society. As a wrestling fan, you are an outsider to a varying degree. So, yeah, I, I think that's why people really respond to his, uh, I, his stuff. I think his his shitty shirtiness is exactly the sort of thing that you can see with someone like David Starr. And to, to, to you know, a company like WWE, mm. you are a disgruntled employee yep. and actually what you are is someone who is standing up for your rights as a worker mm. and they hate that they yeah. hate it because you know what if everyone was doing that you know yeah. god they'll be asking for more money next <laughs> but, just, you know? but the, like, the whole company is the whole company is geared towards making individuals making differences in men who should by all rights probably look exactly the same as one another yeah. but trying to manufacture gimmicks to differentiate uh, from all of them and when you get one who's actually a bit of a one-off a yeah. true one-off they don't like it no they don't they don't <laughs> and, and you know you, you see with this I mean what happens with CM Punk is he rapidly 
begins falling out with WWE. Mm. And he falls out for a couple of reasons. One is that they begin bringing back the stars who are part-timers. Mm. So The Rock starts to come back. And for the next three WrestleManias, the main event will really revolve around The Rock. And Punk is sickened by this. Yeah. He has a thing of going, but he's not here every week. He doesn't have to go out there yeah. and draw an audience and get people to come to see them. So why are you pushing someone who isn't doing all the proper work? Mm. He also thinks the same when they bring Brock Lesnar back. And Brock Lesnar is thrown straight into the main event. And he's like, well, that's taking my main event. And they had a real thing of sort of going, why on earth do you think you're the main event? And he's like, because if these cunts weren't here, I would be. Yeah. And I think it's he's absolute. There, there is entirely, it's a valid complaint. Mm. If he was shit, you could say, <laughs> yes, he's just deluded and mad. Mm. He is not shit. He's the furthest thing from that. He is a main eventer. He proved it when he goes on to win the belt. And mm. that is a, a pay-per-view we will be doing on this version of WrestleMania, not on the Patreon. Mm. We will be covering the night that Punk wins the belt. It's one of the greatest WWE matches of all time. Right. And he entirely talked his way into that. They basically didn't have to do a thing because he was so disgruntled. They basically had to just follow where he was going. He gave them one of the best pay-per-views of the year, one of the best matches in WWE history. That's what you can do when you let people have a little bit of autonomy. Mm. And in this, I mean, this maybe that's why I hate this WrestleMania so much, is Punk comes along and I enjoyed that match. Mm. I don't think the match is any better in the ring than anything we've seen, but everyone else is just a corporate shell <laughs> going along with a plan that is boring, yeah. you know? And I think, you know, you, you, you can really see that in Edge versus Chris Jericho. Two men I like, and the match I just couldn't care about. I didn't yeah, care no. at all. No. I know we'll get to it, but I mean, bit of a spoiler there. I didn't care. <laughs> I didn't care. I did not care for we'll, it. We'll just quickly have a look at uh, Vince versus Bret Hart because yeah. I don't want it hanging over us to some degree. Um, yeah, it's not worth putting it in the fourth no. because it, it, there's nothing to wait for. No, there's nothing. Absolutely not. This is after 13 years of. Bad blood. I mean, beyond mm. bad blood. They've done the Montreal screw job. They've gone on, you know, Vince has gone on Raw the next night and said, Brett screwed Brett. Mm. They've uh, had Shawn Michaels lie about it for years about his involvement. They've had uh, Owen Hart has died while in the employ of Vince McMahon mm. doing a stunt that they don't feel, you know, he should have been doing. Um, the British Bulldog uh, has ended his career and he's passed away. You know, the, the Hart family and Bret Hart have taken such a pounding. Hart's own career ends because of a concussion from Goldberg. He's, you know, understandably... Everything that he was once the king of has just crumbled into his hands. Mm. You have a company that are, you know, saying we've just done this documentary about the Ultimate Warrior where we destroy him. The next one's going to be Bret Hart. It's called Screwed, the Bret Hart story. You have this odd thing of a million-dollar company that is continually belittling you even though you gave it the best years of your life. Yeah. And the reason everything went so badly wrong is because they could not afford to honour a contract that they had offered you. Yeah. It's all so horrible. Bret Hart, once he's at home, he's on a bike and he has a stroke. I mean, it just goes from bad... You know, It's so terrible, his story. And what happens here is one of the, the sort of the um, unlikeliest rapprochements of all time, which is they have a thing. And Jim Ross sums it up really nicely. He says, you know, Bret Hart can't go for the rest of his life without knowing he's part of our team. You know, they want him to put the team colours back on and they want to say, 
this has been a nightmare, but let's not leave it like a festering wound. Let's give you closure and let's do this as well as we can. And so they bring him out onto Rory's war and he shakes hands with Shawn Michaels for the first time and they put this behind them, this festering sore that, you know, is the, the first thing that any time they do an interview, they're asked about, you know, mm. and they can just lay it to rest, you know. And I think it's a big move for someone like Bret Hart. What's funny in all of this is they begin to, the WWE go, well, there's money in them, Nar Hills. Mm. And it's nice in a way to think that they give Bret Hart, he can go out a winner. The last time he was in a WWE ring, he was screwed over and he was bitter and he was upset. And rightly, I say bitter. I don't mean that like it came from nowhere. Mm. Understandably furious. You know, how he dealt with it, you never know. But they give him one last chance. They say to him, you can go to WrestleMania and you can leave a hero. And that's what they give him. Mm. And even though that happens, it's somehow awful. I just, I mean... It starts with the gene shots. Yes. It starts with the jots. He's of an edge. It's undignified. I think this isn't going to go as well as I think it's going to go. Yes, entirely. I think people as well who are fans, and there are a lot of fans at WrestleMania, they know the business. They know that Bret Hart cannot be medically cleared to wrestle. Mm. He can't have a wrestling match. Mm. It's not a case of like Ricky Steamboat last year where he's going to come back and turn it on. Yeah. People are anxious and worried and they don't like the idea that they're seeing someone who is... You know, Broken down. Yeah, and, yeah physically yeah. very frail. And also, to be honest, I mean, I mean, Bret Hart just, he carries too much real-life horror mm. with him in that baggage. And I think you don't want to suddenly see Vincent Mann like punching him and fake humping him or anything because you're just like, this is, this is a man you should be treating with dignity and respect because mm. he's been through an unimaginable decade. And... What basically happens is Vince McMahon makes the decision that somehow, like a, as a collective purging of all the guilt and resentment, he will just basically allow Bret Hart to beat him up in front of a silent audience for 11 minutes. <laughs> and it, the beating is so long and Vince refusing to obviously hit Bret Hart or do anything to him that it's just a one-sided beating of it. I think I think at this point Vince is 63 <laughs> just watching Bret Hart wail on a pensioner you know and the audience slowly getting less comfortable with it and I mean there's a bit where one of Bret Hart's family pass out like a steel rod into Bret Hart and the audience rather than going yay the audience just going no and, like and he starts hitting him with it and they're just silent you know in the, the way they deliver the, it starts off that the Hart family have uh, taken a lot of cash from uh, Vince yeah. to be the um, what do you call them not well to sort of double cross do, so basically they've been given a lot of money to be the lumberjacks we've spoken about the lumberjack matches yeah. before they're the guys who just stand outside to make sure that nobody escapes uh, he's paid the Hart family off uh, not as many members as because uh, <laughs> some of them are dead uh, yeah. but um, you play them off and they're all standing outside and they're all not really selling it very well and no. then uh, and then uh, Brett the Hitman Hart says uh, oh, oh you all got paid in full and it's on your bank account well let's switch it all around and it's not it's clunky and shit why why <laughs> we needed that thing of him going ah your family are turning on you in what, what takes place in 25 seconds yes just drop it the family have been through a fucking 
fuck enough. Just have them as a strong unit. Yeah. Put them all together and go, yeah. do you know what? We're beaten, we're battered, but you can't beat the hearts. Yeah. You know, it would be... There's a bit where some of the younger two, so Harry Smith, the son of the British Bulldog, and Tyson Kidd, mm. who was uh, one of the last people trained in the dungeon um, by Stu Hart, they do a heart attack, uh, the move of the Heart Foundation, mm. on Vince while he's on the outside. Yeah. And... I mean, he just hits his head so hard. It's horrible. <laughs> and it just becomes this horrible pack mentality of these people just attacking Vince McMahon. And Vince has no comeback. And so I think people do sort of go, this is weird. It's like a sort of... <laughs> like Like, like a, a self-sacrifice, yeah. Sort of like like an Aztec ceremony. The whole thing is, <laughs> is bizarre. There's, there's something funny about the family. So the family, the hearts, they were always quite difficult to work with. They were a bit grabby. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Bret Hart talked about how when they all sat down to discuss this match with Vince, um, his brother Bruce, who is the one in the refs thing, yeah. Bruce is known for being very outspoken <laughs> and quite difficult to deal with. Um, he began redesigning a large part of the match that had been done and he then started pitching ideas for SummerSlam for himself <laughs> they were like no 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 Brett had to say to him you've got to be quiet um, then um, Brett's sister Ellie uh, began saying can I can you stop here um, I would like my husband Jim the Animal Neidhart to have some involvement in this yeah. and they were like no 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 no. this isn't this isn't about him don't don't start getting it confused and then um, Brett's sister Alison confronted John Laurinaitis saying she was hungry and she didn't want to have to pay for her own meals. <laughs> and apparently, I like it. Vince was delighted by them. He's sort of like, I love this horrible, boorish family <laughs> going around going, eh, I want some, want some food here. <laughs> uh, you know, hey, on SummerSlam, I'm going to do this. What, what are you like, running around like a, load of, like a load of leprechauns from a Wizard of Oz? Said, ah, I'm doing this. Lollipop girl. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I mean the match is, is just... Oh, yeah, it's just horrible. I mean, yeah. like, you can see what they were trying to do, and I think it's hard to know if any night this could have worked. Mm. It just seems an amazing misfire. Mm. Um, this is really, this is Vince McMahon's last hurrah as well. What, his last kind of in-ring? He, he will of... not really be in the ring anymore at WrestleMania. Right. And he, he does do a few other matches. Bizarrely, I think his final ever in-ring match is with CM Punk in about 2012. <laughs> wow. I mean, just, I can't wait to get to that. But I've forgotten all about it, but I can't wait. <laughs> But um, this this was he he apparently believed that this was if you like the death of the evil Mister McMahon character right. so the one who had been there throughout the Attitude Era yeah. it was me Austin <laughs> all of that um, he believed that this match if you like was the closing chapter right. in that character and that character had been left beaten and and broken yeah. and would never return so until he returned as a Hell's Angel yeah <laughs> <laughs> like the Undertaker There's, the American yeah, badass. The, Bergen Badass 2. The corporate badass. <laughs> the, uh, there is one bit that I did look at, which is mental as well, which really the audience didn't like. When he's got the metal pole, Bret Hart, he stands over Vince McMahon and begins smacking it in the base of his spine. <laughs> and he's setting up for the sharpshooter when it goes on, but just watching a specific sort of targeting of a spine <laughs> with, a, with a thing. And Vince McMahon just goes, oh! I was just like, this is a strange spectacle. <laughs> this is a strange public well, humiliation. Ceremony. Like Justin Roberts delivering the rules of the match, like he did it in a really shiny kind of carny kind of way, and I'm going, you've not, you're just saying it like any other match, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. 
ah, this uh, is going to be a match between Miller and he's like, <laughs> can you just say it with a bit more gravity? Yeah. Because this has been a long time coming. It is, and I think that's the Wouldn't funny thing about it. Wouldn't it have been better as a run-in? He just runs, it just comes out of nowhere. Fucking Bret Hart comes yeah. in and breaks the fuck out oh, of Mr. Entirely, McMahon. entirely. They're, they're, Wouldn't they're, that be wonderful? There could have been they something else. They would shit else. their pants. Totally. And I think it would have been... A better way to do it, because the other thing is the limitations of Bret Hart in an 11-minute match. Yeah. You know, 10 years after he'd had to, be, had to retire. I think it was just an uncomfortable spectacle all round. Mm. It was um, two old men settling a grudge that they no longer had the physical attributes to settle in this manner, mm. and yet they were giving it a go. <laughs> and that was, I mean, it was just bizarre. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, why, how this was so... Bad. Anyway, Bret Hart, bizarrely, after this, he did actually have a few more matches. And I think he ends up actually holding the US Championship, uh, which was, you know, a, it, as part of a run where he was unable to really have any physical contact with anyone. Right. So he was essentially just sort of, you know, in so tag is, matches so and running in and doing after things. After a stroke? And, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. He's, um, he's, he's a really good um, recent... Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin does an interview show on the network, um, The Broken Skull Sessions. And his last guest was Bret Hart. Oh. And Bret Hart, after initial sort of cagey start, he, uh, he seems to be a very suspicious man, Bret. Yeah. <laughs> Unsurprisingly. Oh, mate, I've seen him. In considering the, the business that he gave his life to continually <laughs> fucked him over. Um, He'll be in AEW soon. He, it, yeah. In fact, he, he presented the AEW belt. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. And like a lot of wrestlers, it's very clever. If you do a little bit with AEW, WWE is suddenly very keen to have you back in the fold. Right, okay. Um, yeah. So it's a good way of making sure you get that nice Legends contract is to have a world with AEW. Maybe just <laughs> do a little running um, but it's a, it's a really good interview and you get the impression that Steve Austin um, has nothing but respect for Bret Hart right and uh, you do forget with all of the tragedy just how good he was what a great performer he was at his peak mm. and you know watching this match I mean you it also reminds you that you know times are shit isn't it <laughs> yes times a big fucker it really is oh poor old Bret <sighs> oh well let's leave it there shall we on yeah. a high note Let's get out of here. <laughs> Let's do that. I'm going to work on your spine for 11 minutes with a pole <laughs> cool. to, to a terrified audience. Um, and the rest of you, I hope you have a great week. Uh, yeah. Please do remember, we do have a Patreon. Uh, it's not one of those ones that you just give a quid and we give nothing back. Mm. We can double the amount of WrestleMe that you get each and every week. Mm. We've been doing uh, WCW's Capital Combat 90. It's the return of RoboCop. I mean, it really <laughs> could not be. Uh, how is? How can you not be excited to hear every about that? Every time the word RoboCop came up in the in the <laughs> pay-per-view I was I couldn't stop laughing it's so it's so weird <laughs> but we've also got the last part of this run through of Wrestlemania and if you jump on the Patreon well hey it's already there it's already there it in one great big lump uh, and that's going to happen every time we hit a new Wrestlemania so there's a good reason to get yeah. the Patreon you also get a little newsletter you get exclusives and it's all just like cool baby it's all pork and beans we provide the pork if you've got the beans we want the kings and queens <laughs> we will give you the pork and the beans not the gutter. Uh, the gutter is probably going to be uh, Muddy Knees <laughs> Media <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> Why would he need it? Taking a shot. Oh, they did wrestling podcasts, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very much like this, only um, they, they, they tweaked it so it didn't look like a direct rip-off. Oh, they go um, backwards, don't they? They yeah. went backwards, which yeah. doesn't work because obviously, you know, you're, you're starting with one and then you'll work. Anyway, by the time you get to one, then you've got to do you've two got more. another two more, So yeah. you're doing 33 and 34 after one. So, so they're going to be doing weird. the behind closed um, doors one pretty soon, aren't they? Yeah, it was yeah. also unlistenable. Okay then guys, <laughs> take care, wrestle me Pete! Wrestle me Mike! This was a Stakhanov production. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.